0: This is Ben Ward, founder of Forward Leadership. If you want to learn how to level up and be successful through masterminds and tap into and unlock and unleash from the best minds around you, from your peers that will help you to step up, then you should listen to my good friend, Brandon Estreza. He's the man. His mission is powerful and his mission is there to serve you. Listen with Brandon with the mastermind effect. Do it today. Do it now. You love to learn,
1: grow and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be. The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you
0: isn't always easy. Welcome to The Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural
1: limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey everyone, we have got Ben Ward, founder afford leadership. The energy that is brought in this interview takes it to a new level. He goes into the four pillars of what he helps his mastermind members go through. He talks about his new book that he co-authored with a previous guest, Dr. Greg Reed, launching later on this year. And we find out why through standard education and life, we stunt our creativity and how to overcome it. Check it out. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show where you know I believe the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experience of others. And today, to help us do this, we have got the founder of Forward Leadership, Ben Ward. Ben, welcome to the show, man.
0: Hey, guys. Awesome to be here. Thanks, Brandon.
1: Absolutely. Hey, when the listeners today realize all the unbelievable nuggets that you're going to instill on us today... And they want to reach out to you because we always recommend, hey, reach out to the people, reach out to the educators, the teachers that are changing the, the way, the future. What's the best way either through social or personally for them to uh, to connect with you?
0: Benward.com. Just go straight there. You can, uh, all my contact info, you can email me ben at forwardleadership.com, but zip over to benward.com.
1: Awesome. And it'll all be in the show notes. So super simple to find it. We'll make sure that when they realize you know, who you are, what you're doing, what you're building, that they're going to be able to find you at Ben Ward. They're going to be able to find you at the success finder. They're going to be able to find you on the mastermind effect. They won't not be able to find Ben Ward and everything you're doing. So let's dive into this. And, you know, I realized over the last five, 10 years, the availability and access that we have to different people has just, it's exploded. When we were younger, we learned from textbooks and teachers and family and friends. And eventually that became our coworkers. But it's really a sliver of what's possible. It's, it's a sliver what you and I talked about right before we hopped on this call. Yeah. How has your learning changed from your early years versus today? Well, you know what? So I grew up in a broken family. My, every other weekend, I'd
0: go to my dad's house. And he, I found out when I, was, when I was about 12, I saw this library. It had always been there, but I never noticed it. And I'm like, dad, what's this? And he, he's like, Hey, these are my books. And he had all these books on tape. He was an entrepreneur and he had this huge library. So he started, he he gave me a couple. He's like, Hey, check these out. And so I went and I listened to him and I brought him back the next time. And I started forming this pattern of, of like absorbing information and knowledge. And, and that pattern cycled for years. And what I learned was that for a long time, I've led my first sales team. And I started talking about the things I've learned. And, and I'm like, oh, you got to read this book. And like the strangest secret, you got to read from Earl Nightingale. And the problem was, they're like, well, what's it about? And I'm just like, uh, I, I don't know. I can't, I just trust me. It's good. And so like my early learning was just like soaking it in. And I, when I led my first team, I, I realized there's zero, not zero, like very little value in like i was just like reading all the books, like having it all in. If you can't take that information and like package it in a way that you can apply and be able to, to like, in, in my case, teach and share with others, I couldn't do it. And so I set on a mission right then to, to change the way that I learned to actually take things and, and like bring it in and have it stick and have it be able to be a, applicable and be able to teach and share with others.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. And I've talked about this before and it's not really mine, but it's a gentleman that's not too far. At least he's in the same state as you, Nick Peterson. He calls it the, I think it's the intention intervention gap. And it's when you take in what you're reading, if you take in too much, can you really implement all of that? Or is it just, you just soaked in all this knowledge and now how do you actually release it to the world? And you explained it right there. So I understand what you're saying when you take in all of that and then you try to help other people with it. So talking about what we're taking in, we have more ways to take in information than ever before. It's pretty overwhelming. Some people, they look for a mentor, an accountability buddy, a mastermind, a coach, a course, some, you know, all different kinds of ways to learn, obviously today. Who are you currently learning from? And more importantly, how did you connect with them?
0: So right now I'm, um, I've learned that, that it's the, the key is getting very clear on what it is that you want to try to accomplish, and then finding out who who is doing that thing, because there's so much knowledge and information, and you get tossed to, you get tossed and shredded mentally, physically, emotionally, with all the information out there. But when you get very clear on, okay, I want to understand and learn how to start a YouTube channel and monetize it, not by ads, but by adding value so that people, so I share my message that that resonates with people and they wanna reach out to me. Like who's doing that? And like identifying that and and then finding, seeking out specialized knowledge around that specific thing with somebody who's killing it in that space. And that's how I've been recently like drilling down on who I'm learning from.
1: Yeah, find the best that's in that market and learn from them because people are a lot more accessible than ever before. Not just because of the pandemic, but you know, ever. So give us an example of who is it that you're learning from if you wouldn't mind. And then how did you connect with them?
0: Absolutely. So I'm in four masterminds right now, and they're very intentional. One of them is for writing my book. I'm in a mastermind with Josh Steinley, who is an incredible uh, entrepreneur, author, speaker, coach, trainer. And he has his mastermind of helping entrepreneurs write their first book. And he has a system, a thought leadership system to help build a, you know, to build a system around your book. And so like, I found, I, I'm like, I'm writing my first book. And I found that he was teaching others to do that and build a system around it that helps to, helps to monetize that in a way that's meaningful and helpful to others. So that's one of, that's one of the things currently I'm doing right now. And it's absolutely insanely valuable.
1: And you found him through, how did you, I mean, like, cause there's a lot of ways to research to find people and know that you're going to connect with the right person. How, how was it that you knew and how did you find them?
0: You know, it starts with just a, an intentional decision of like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write my first book. And so my, my reticular activating system, it's a little piece of your, the, the, your brain. It's about the size of your pinky. It's the part of your brain that, that helps filter your focus. And so my, my reticular activating system was up. My antenna was out for, for that thing. I wasn't looking for Josh. I saw on LinkedIn, some just kind of, you know, kind of goofy, like chill dude, like doing a kickflip on a skateboard. And I'm like, Oh, that's cool. And I saw what he did. He's like, I help people write their first book. And I'm like, well, I'm writing mine. I've been working on mine. And so I just reached out to him. And, and through that, we built a relationship pretty quickly. He told me what he does. And I'm like, Hey, I could be interested. And, and boom, I uh, I jumped in his mastermind. So that's, that's one of them.
1: Yeah. Love it. I know there's three more, but like, I appreciate you sharing one of them with us. So You know, a lot of people get stuck. It's like they can't see the tree through the forest. And, you know, we're still going through a pandemic, which I feel it's causing a reset or a new way that we can accomplish things. How have masterminds helped you when you're looking to get unstuck? Listen, man,
0: when you, and you know this, Brandon, that's the the passion around what you're doing with the mastermind effect. But when you put two minds and you start multiplying that with with minds that are passionate around a specific area with a definite aim, bro, it unlocks magic. And i found, I've been in masterminds, been a part of them. I've run masterminds for, for over a decade. And there's so much power when you, when you get these minds that are in, in alignment and that doesn't always look pretty. That's messy and that's struggle. And, and there's the hot seat, which, you know, I, I was in a hot seat yesterday, which I was like, I was like, they're challenging me, hardcore business owners in San Clemente. And it was like, oh, it was, it was awesome. But but the ch- being able to articulate, have other minds in the room to help challenge you in a spirit of of trying to be helpful, but but not enabling mediocrity. And it's just, uh, for, for me, the mastermind has been a, just a critical part of my progression in my life so far. And I, I intend for the forever.
1: Yeah, and it, that hot seat, when you think about it, you know you're getting ready to come. There's... It's scary. It will make you uncomfortable. But here's the thing. Comfort kills. And the more uncomfortable you get, you're able to see around corners with, with your counterparts that are in the mastermind. They've already gone through an experience that you maybe are getting ready to, to confront or, or have a challenge with. And they can sit there and they can help you through that. Absolutely. And it's,
0: it's real. If you If you're able to... The key is like, what exactly are you trying to accomplish and ensuring that you're in the right room with the right type of people that are gonna help you become what you wanna become. Now, it's important to identify, you know, to be in, in the right kind of mastermind for you, which is what one of the things I think is the most pop, One of the things I love about what you're doing, Brandon, bro, are you kidding me? Is that is the future, especially as self-education it be, becomes increasingly the new normal, I you know, you know, we hear Tony and Dean like crazy preaching, like self-education, the new norm. That is, that's a, I mean, that's a thing. In fact, I got to show you this, this book right here, Outwitting
1: the Devil. Dude, are you pulling it up right there too? I am. I'm looking for it. I got it. Some <laughs> I got a list of books, and but yes, it is here. It was sent to me this year. Here it is. You've got, I've got, there you go. Bro. So-
0: I mean, tell me what's real fast, bro. Like you've got it there. What is this? Have, have you gone through this yet?
1: Any books that's here isn't my books to read, but I, it, it was sent to me this year. Well,
0: let me just tell you at a high level, bro. This book has been blowing my mind and Napoleon Hill, his, his wife wouldn't let him produce it or publish it. And actually, I, I've, you know, thinking grow rich, I have like a big old long story. I have a YouTube video I talk about it. Like you can go check it out if you want. But um, this right here, I didn't even really know about it until
1: recently. And that's because it was just published. Re- it's been published in the last two to four years, I think, because, like you said, it wasn't a, it wasn't just his wife, but it was someone else that, you know, the back then it was like, you know, you couldn't publish something like that. Totally.
0: And and so, anyways, one of the things, one one nugget from this book that has been blowing my mind is that like a hundred years ago uh, um, now Napoleon Hill. And, and he wrote this right after he wrote Thinking Grow Rich, after he published Thinking Grow Rich, he wrote this, he sat down and it's all about how accurate thinking, preventing accurate thinking is like the demise of, of our true potential, and so what I mean by that, and what I, what I learned from, from Hill is like, he's, he, he makes this argument back then, like 70, 100 years ago, however, I don't know the exact dates or whatever, but, and he's like, look, He has this interview with the devil, you know, whether it's, you know, and he's like, oh yeah, I keep people down. I keep them from their their full potential by squashing their creative, their creative, accurate thinking. And he, he he goes through, he breaks down like in the school system, like as good as the school system is, it's not doing a lot of favors the way it is because of this. It's like, think about the kids that are young, that are like all excited and eager to learn. And then by the time they're in like junior high and high school, you can't get them to talk because we've squashed out of them. The, the creativity, because we're plugging them through a system versus teaching them how to
1: think. It was a system that was built, you know, back in the 40s and 50s, the wealthy to-do families brought over, I believe, someone from Germany to create a system to create worker bees because we needed systems in place. And you're absolutely correct. I'll I'll move that one up on the list as it was one of our first guests that sent that to me. They're like, you've got to read this. It hasn't been out that long, but it was written about a hundred years ago. So yeah. You know, talking about masterminds, they've been around for a long time. Back to the apostles. Think about it. The apostles were probably the first mastermind at right. the end of the day. Then eventually Benjamin Franklin created the Junto Club or the Leather Apron Club. I think that was back in, well, whenever that was, it was 1727. And then eventually this guy that we were just talking about, Napoleon Hill, re- writes, think and grow rich why has there been such a large boom of self-education versus traditional education? And where do you see it going over the next several years?
0: Well, you know, Napoleon just absolutely crushed it when he he just taught the simple principle that our thoughts are the things that, if we put concentrated thought, they will materialize into their, their physical equivalent. And just this thinking like, I'm going to do the most ridiculous thing right now because I just had a random thought. I'm like this is just will illustrate this this point. So like I just had this dumb thought. I'm like wouldn't it be like ridiculous if like in this thing right now like I stand on my chair. I'm like oh, like do something really dumb and like if I like stand on my chair and like what well, look you can see my white skinny legs. Get these like really white skinny legs and like embarrass myself and like I had that thought And then all of a sudden, that thought, now I'm not saying that was an effective thought because that's in our life, our thoughts are either serving us or they're not. That one probably was not serving. (laughs) But like our thoughts become things when we focus and take action. And so just that little illustration, whatever that thought is we have, back of that will become the physical equivalent. We can reject our thoughts and we need
1: to. There's thoughts, maybe I should have rejected that thought, but I wanted to teach this principle. Yeah. When you take action, that is what helps spur creativity and create stuff. Creativity is not going to happen without taking action. You have to take action first. And people sit there and they'll say, well, it's not perfect yet. I don't know how many projects that I have launched that I've been told don't do it. It's not perfect. Don't do it. It's never going to get off the ground because perfection is what someone else thinks. There is no such thing as perfection. Perfection means you just sat on the, the, the ground floor and never moved.
0: I love it, man. And so with that, I mean, that's where it's been, where I see it going. I see inevitably more and more people are going to turn to experts that have killed it in a specific area, that that know what they're talking about and are willing to share. And people are going to turn to those experts that have been in the trenches versus somebody that's been, you know, educated in a situation in a formal school to, to come in. and and so like the formal education is going to become less and less and like we're seeing it. And you know, with 2020 with the, the pandemic, it's that's escalated it, but in the future inevitably self-education, people seeking out experts is going to become more and more of the new normal. And, and for me, like I uh, my, I'm passionate about leadership development and specifically around four areas. And John so I'll share with you. So, so high productivity as a leader, there's so many distractions. Like how do you become ultra productive as you lead your team to success? Culture, how do you create an environment and culture that unlocks and invites the best within everybody? Collaboration and spirit of, of harmony, not like preventing artificial harmony. So like a, a culture, right? Igniting sales. How do you ignite sales? And it goes down to the deep root of the word, the word sales comes from the old English salan, which means to give. And where we give sales a bad rap is, is who to give who. It's a lot of times it's to the sales guy. I'm trying to give myself a check so I can feed my family. But when we shift that and salan, the true root of the meaning, when we sell is we're helping somebody get what they want. So that's the third and the fourth is just, is just recruiting the right team the right way. Those are kind of four pillars of, of, uh, that I help sales leaders lead their teams to success.
1: Yeah. And I want to go back to number three, if you wouldn't mind. Because if you're good at what you do, you're passionate, you know your why, and you lead with the give mentality, money will be a byproduct. Now, I understand someone's when they sit there and say, "Well, you've already got X, Y, and Z and so it's easier for you." I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, there there are other circumstances, there are other things that that I don't know about when someone's listening to this and they're like, "Well, it's easy for you because of this." But the reality is, if you lead with the give mentality, money will be the byproduct. If you start with the money and you reverse engineer to like, "Hey, here's my why you're not leading with the right reasons. And and the money will not end up being the byproduct. The reality is, is you won't help the people around you and you won't see people gravitating towards you.
0: Absolutely, dude, 100%. You nailed it in my opinion too, because compensation is an echo of impact. Like you said, Compensation is a byproduct of effective action. And that's one of the things I love about Napoleon Hill, thinking we're rich, as you mentioned, and like this whole mastermind thing he introduced. Uh, Well, he didn't introduce, but he added gas to the fire, right?
1: In a big way. So real quick, and you you already answered kind of one of my next questions, but real quick to kind of feed off of that. People constantly are asking me as we're building out the success finder is, well, how are you going to monetize it? How are you going to do that? And I'm like, listen, like, you're missing part of the message. I get that you want to, and yes, we have figured out the monetization process, but if we lead with the give mentality and we have an open system and we make sure that we're doing best by the, not only the consumer, which becomes a member and the content producer, which is the mastermind of the events. If we lead with that give mentality, money will be a byproduct because we're going to help shorten the gap. We're going to help lead by example and we're going to help bring people together and money will come from that. It will happen. So- when someone enters your reality, I know you just talked about the four pillars right there, but typically when people invest in their future, they have a better than vague idea of what they're gonna get. You know, they know what the outcome is, is to be as long as they're putting in the work. Recently, I interviewed Honore uh, Cordor, and she also, she uh, has a mastermind based around how to build uh, seven and eight figure revenue streams. And a lot of that is based around writing books. And she had someone that came to her and said, well, what is my guarantee? And you can't guarantee that someone's going to actually do the work. You can guarantee that Ben Ward is going to make sure that he delivers on what he's going to do. But what else should people expect when they enter Ben's reality above the four pillars?
0: You know what? This goes. I love that question. Thank you. It goes back to the, the what I, I wanted to share something and like and it, and it goes back to this Napoleon Hill idea. What else they can they can get as as we work together. Is this? I this. You mentioned that finances will come if you have a give mentality. There's Napoleon Hill and Thinking Grow Rich talks about. There's there's life's real riches and positive mental attitude, sound physical health, harmony in relationships, freedom from fear, hope for future achievement, capacity for applied faith, to be engaged in a labor of love, open mind on all subjects towards all people, a willingness to share our blessings with others, complete self discipline, and and. These principles, the last one is financial freedom. And so those principles are absolutely critical. And in my back in back, when I was leading the sales teams for years in, in the trenches, if I had a picture easily readily, I'd show you, but on the walls, I had these life's real riches up, like here's my office right here. But like, I would have like, you know, positive mental attitude right here. And then like sound, physical health, harmony in relations, freedom from fear. And I had them surrounded, these principles surrounding And the question becomes like, how do you apply those those real riches that inevitably bring the byproduct, which is success in what you're trying to do? It means lifting your team. It's leveraged results. How do you create those leveraged results as a leader? It's it's surrounding yourself with the the real riches that are talked about. And so, what you can expect in like working working with me is a no nonsense. Like this is what it takes to hyper succeed, to help those that you lead hyper succeed based on 20 years of, of success in the trenches, leading tens of thousands of, of sales leaders all over America. And I've learned this, this is the point to all of this. If I, if I, if there's like a, a tip of the spear. It's this, the skills are the easy part. Learning the skills, that's the easy part. The hard part
1: is guarding your mind and taking action despite fear. Action through massive implementation is one of the three pillars of success that we talk about in the solar. So you got to take that action. You just do. You got to get uncomfortable. And that's, that's okay. So I love what you're bringing to the table for the people that are coming you know, and working with you. So I feel that people, they have a way of surprising us, whether it's their, their, their drive or their willingness to learn. The rooms that you put together, you're hand-selecting them. You're, you're making sure that they're bringing the value, whether it's for the hot seats, for whether it's the group mentality, whatever that is. Has anyone been to one of your, or through one of your masterminds or coachings that have surprised you in what they were able to accomplish because of the room you put together? And what was that accomplishment?
0: Yeah, dude, I love that. So I have uh, one, of my, one, of the, one of these guys, his name's Matt. I'll leave it at that. Just total stud. Um, he's, he's, his background is a high performing sales sales pro and he turned entrepreneur. He has a software software company that's killing it in Orange County. He's a really rad dude. And he's been struggling because he, as the founder of the company, co-founder and the president of the company is still the leading sales guy. And so he's trying to duplicate himself and and he's been having run-ins with his top sales guy and we through some coaching, intensive coaching, we've been able to we've been able to work through and as sales guy, here's the thing, the first key is is this guy the right guy? Could he be the right guy? And the Matt has been challenging himself. He's like, he really believed that he he is and could be, but he's like, honestly, I think I'm kind of the problem. And I don't know how to, like, I'm good at sales, but haven't really learned how to be good at at leading salespeople. And so through our, through the coaching and training and mentoring and going through and through the, the process, he's been, he's had massive breakthroughs. He's been able to connect in a way that's been so meaningful and unlock and unleash the very best in this Sales champion on his team, and he's just been flying. It's been a huge breakthrough. He's been raving about it and how that process that, that we've been able to go through has just transformed him as a leader and helping him to become, to help draw out the best in the people that he leads.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the things you and I spoke about here over a month ago when we first uh, got to know each other was. Salespeople sometimes want to become managers and managers want to become VPs and VPs want to become this. But sometimes, maybe, even if you're the founder or you're the the co-founder of a company and your specialty is sales, maybe you should hire the president. Maybe you should hire the manager. So don't always feel that you have to fit yourself into a peg that you're just not fit for. You might have been the dream maker. You might have been Walt Disney, but sometimes you need to learn to outsource and hire and bring that individual in to help you because you don't have to grow into every role. There are times when you do, and there are times when you don't.
0: Absolutely, man. And you know, here's one of the biggest problems right now in business. And, and well, let's talk specifically in, with sales leaders. One of the biggest problems out there, and I've seen this in the trenches for 20 years. It's a real thing where you're good at sales. And inevitably, those that are good at sales tend to be the ones who get the positions for leadership. And it's kind like what you were just, just sharing. And the problem is being good at sales and being good at helping people be good at sales are two very different skill sets. And so the question and and I've learned and I've created a set of framework that helps those that are high performing sales to turn into high performing leaders. And through my four pillar leadership blueprint, that's what I focus on. And that's what I do. That's what the coaching that I do. And we're seeing real results like with Matt who, and there are a couple ingredients that, that maybe you won't fit the mold of being a good leader and and it's not for you, but I've found that that's less often the case that more often, if, if there, if, if there's three things, they need three ingredients. To be able to transition from being highly successful at sales to highly successful as a leader they need to be humble right coachable and teachable they need to be hungry okay i want to learn i want to progress i want to grow and they need to be smart now smart like brains is a minimum standard but smart with people they need to be humble hungry and smart like smart with people being able to like you know can they and most people good at sales are good at smart with people but like Somebody that's humble, hungry, and smart, regardless if they have any experience as a leader, those are the core ingredients that, that that I love to work with people that are great at sales, humble, hungry, smart, that want to be great leaders. And that's a recipe through the four pillar leadership blueprint that is a slam dunk.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And let's kind of keep going down that arena. And in, in, in our solo shows, like I mentioned to you, we talk about the pillars of success, You know, who you should be hanging out with, willingness to invest in yourself, and action through massive experimentation. And, and with those, there's a lot of key ingredients that it takes to be successful. You've got mentorship, uh, experimentation, partnership, willingness to fail. Mm. And, and there's, there's a lot more ingredients, you know, when it comes to being successful. What does success look like to you? Bro, I love it, dude. You know, a willingness to
0: fail So I love, I love that. It's causing me some deep reflection. And as I look at the most progress, the times in my life where I've had the most progress, it's back of extreme failure. So like one example, so like, I was on this trajectory, I started, like, I was in sales, I led a sales team, I led a region, Became the top regional vice president of a Inc 500 company. And then I started a company and we took it public a couple of years in and I was kind of done. I was like, oh, we've got this, I'm 30 years old. It's the second time I'd earned, over. I, I, my net worth was, a, was over a million dollars. And I just was like, i am sort of arrived. And I was just a punk kid. And within a couple of years, I lost everything. Gone. Through and as I look back, I had a lot of excuses. But like as I look back and as I've challenged myself, a lot of reckless decisions.
1: Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, giving yourself excuses is a crutch to say it's okay. When you give yourself that excuse, you're sitting there and giving a reason for why your pres- your past defined your present, which ruins your future. So yeah, let me uh, let go go on from there,
0: dude. So I just learned, bro, that every failure, if we're really really willing to look in the mirror. And, and look at how am I the problem? Every failure has a seed, a tiny seed. And you know this, and our listeners know this, that you know that, that has a seed of an equivalent advantage. Like the failure was epic and it leaves a little seed that could be as epic or bigger than that failure was. And learning to, to embrace those failures with, with faith and fear is going to try to terrorize you and be like, dude, you're nothing. You can never do it. And, but if we face that with faith and let that seed grow and like, hey, well, how can I learn and change and improve and grow? I found that like what you just struck a chord when you said a willingness to fail is part of the framework of your pillars because it's so hard and it's easy to talk about, but it's extremely challenging to go through it. And we, as we all go through failure, our burdens can become our greatest benefit. If we'll let them.
1: And we don't let it define us. I'm reading a book since we've been talking about books. Personality isn't permanent. I think it's by I Dr. Someone, Someone.
0: Ben Hardy or something. Ben, yeah,
1: there we go. I was about to say by Ben Ward because, you know, right there, but I'm like, you hey, know, yeah. Dr. Dr. <laughs> ben Ward. But it, it sits there and says, as your present and your past and your future, it's going through that. And it sits there and says, if you use your past as a crutch, you're not going to change your present and your future. But if you look at who you want to become, you change your present and you can reframe your past because you can learn from it and you don't use it as a crutch. So it can be a benefit just like we talked right there. So, all right, as we're getting closer to the end, there's always new ideas brewing and it's real easy to succeed when times are good. Like everybody's winning, but right now we're feeling a little bit of the squeeze and we have been feeling the squeeze. And I think uh, ingenuity and innovation come out of that. Real change, we're gonna look back in 10 years and we're going to sit there and say, oh my God, this is what came out of this time. What are you working on right now that is going to take place over the next 12 months that excites you?
0: Let's see, this is something that's happening in real time right now. Can you see this?
1: Yes, there we are.
0: There it is. So a little book that uh, Greg Reed, uh, a good friend of mine and I are writing this book and it's a sales pros journey from being really good at sales to transitioning to becoming a high impact leader and being really good as a leader. There's a story about this transformation and it's, I'm super excited about it because I think it's gonna, I think it's super, I think it's valuable. It's it's, uh, it's an easy read type thing. It's launching in December. Uh, That's one thing that I'm just kind of stoked on right now.
1: (laughs) Well, you're going to have to let us know when, when that's launching or at least send out a message so we can send it out to the community and they can, uh, they can embrace that, and uh, you know we can all support that. So I'm looking forward to that book. I've got a couple books over here. Greg's sent me a book. He saw I had someone had sent me one of Greg's books, and then Greg's like, no, 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 read this one first. So Greg like overnights me another book, and you know so on and so forth. I've worked. You know, Sharon's been on the show. Uh, Shannon, sorry, Shannon's been on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just it's it's amazing what you're able to accomplish. All right. So last, what is a tip tactic? or actionable item that if any of the listeners implemented today it would help change either their business or personal life or both over the next 30 60 90 days.
0: Yeah, man. So, one of the things right now that's just on top of my mind, I I don't know if this is like the most like like earth-shaking thought that I, if I thought a little more I would probably come up with, but this is one that's been just heavy on my mind as a leader. So, if you lead a team, or you know what, here's the thing, you know, as a spouse, as you as you work with your, your spouse, your kids and relationships, you know, one of the best opportunities we have right now in leadership, people who feel good about themselves produce good results, right? And so like this, this whole idea, uh, Ken Blanchard talks about the one minute manager where you like catch people doing things right. But here's the principle that I, I want to share with you right now that I think if you apply today could be just could, could make a difference in your leadership, which is it's uh, the ancient philosopher Gertrude shared something that's just been blowing my mind. He said that if you treat a man as he is, he'll stay as he is. But if you treat him as if he were what he could and ought to be, he'll become what he could and ought to become. My challenge to you, if you're listening to this, my challenge to you is how can you give the people that you lead, that you love, how can you give them a name to live up to? What can you do to plant your belief and confidence in them because it's easy to point out the reasons why they, they're like, sm- they're knuckleheads or <laughs> like, but when we, right? And so I think that's just something just in honoring people, giving them a name to live up to. If I actually, I'd love to share a little story that changed my life on this. I had a, I had a leader, uh, his name's Doug Johnson. And man, like, so I was a punk kid and I remember I was walking the hall and there's the, 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 there was a corner he didn't, see, he didn't see me, he was over here talking to somebody. And I heard him and I heard my name. I heard him say my name and I'm just like, and I like froze and I'm like, what's he, he's talking, I heard my name, he's somebody, somebody's talking about me. And I, I didn't know what it was. And then the words I heard next changed my life. He said, I heard this man, and at, at the time I didn't know who it was yet and I figured it out soon, but he said, man, not Ben Ward. I would invest in stock in Ben Ward. And I was like, whew. I was, I was like, like, I'm like, what just happened? Like, and then I realized it was Doug Johnson. And I'm like, and he never knew I was there. And I went the other way. And I just like my, my whole, I mean, I, I remember like why I was, I was stressed. I was actually bummed about this girl that I like was like, just like awkward. And, and like, and it was, I was what was on my mind, but Doug Johnson gave me a name to live up to. And you better believe from then on till today, this was 25 years ago. When Doug Johnson is in my presence, when he's around, he like I rise up mentally, emotionally, spiritually, to and become my best self because he believes in me, and he believed in me then, and he gave me that gift. He treated me as if I were what I could be. And he gave me that gift. And I challenge you to give the people that you lead and that you love the
1: gift of believing in them and treating them as if they were what they could and ought to be. Yeah, I love that. I love that not only from a business perspective, I'll be honest, I I have not always lived by that. And I need to write something down just to remind me every day, but you can not only implement that in your business life, but your personal life. I mean, come on, whomever it is, how impactful and how important and, and how simple Is that it's not like you gave us a 10-step program and it's gonna take us a lifetime to accomplish. You can start that today. We've got Ben Ward, founder Ford Leadership. Ben, it's been awesome. And a lot of it is not only because of what you had to say, it's your energy. Like I found someone that like has energy on the level that I love and appreciate and and helps transform because it's not every day you get to be around someone that just beams what they believe. So Ben, thank you so much for everything that you've instilled. And I look forward to our future partnership.
0: Brandon, thank you so much. I love what you're up to. Like I get like goosebumps just thinking about your your mission of helping to help people to identify the right sources, the best sources for what they need that honors them. It's super effective. And I think your mission is just spot on. I love it. I'll support it any way I can. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to experiencing The Mastermind Effect.